This episode of the Diplomacy Podcast is brought to you by DiploStrategy.com. That's the place to find strategy articles, updates on my attempts to make face-to-face diplomacy even better, as well as um, my progress towards learning how to code so that I can enhance online play. See all that and more at DiploStrategy.com. Let's get into the episode. All right, today we're going to be talking about spring 1902 decisions. This is based loosely off of an article that I uh, posted a few days ago called Spring 1902 Decisions in the Balkans, WDC 2016, World Diplomacy Championship 2016. I was looking at Chris Martin's video of the same, which uh, he's posted over on YouTube on the channel Dance Scholar. I highly recommend it. I have linked it uh, in the show notes as well as in the article itself, Spring 1902 Decisions in the Balkans. So it seems that Spring 1902 tends to offer a lot of decisions. And in this article, I focused on the Balkans from the perspective of Austria. So while Austria has considerable leverage given its central position in the Eastern theater, it also um, could be the center of attention, right? If uh, Italy, Russia, and Turkey want to make Austria a target, you know, particularly if we have an Italian unit in say, Tyrolia, maybe Venice as well, Um, If we have a Russian Galician unit, if we have a Turkish Bulgarian unit, um, maybe Austria has done well for him or herself and is in Greece and is in Serbia and has three home centers, four armies and a fleet. It seems like there are a lot of opportunities here to, uh, you know, work with Italy, work with Russia even worked with with Turkey. And yet, in the example I discuss in this article uh, and what plays out in the World Diplomacy Championship 2016 at Weasel Moon in Chicago is really seeing Peter Juergen in a bit of trouble. He sees himself as as the target here. Um, And he, 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 based upon his moves, he, he probably thinks he's getting... Uh, Andrew Goff's support from Romania uh, because he does go ahead and order Serbia to Bulgaria, supported by his fleet in Greece. Uh, That's moving towards Bulgaria with a strength of two. And of course, Dave Malatsky's Turkey can defend simply with Khan supports Bull. And so long as Bull isn't moving itself, he's safe. But what actually happens? The Russian is supporting um, is, is is supporting. Um, pardon me. The Turkish unit is supporting Romania to Serbia. So Bulgaria, Turkish Bulgaria, supports Rum to Serbia. Now there is a really interesting. Uh, move choice from Peter, which actually saves his position in this case, because he orders, he follows, he follows Serbia to Bulgaria supported by fleet in Greece. 
He follows that up with army in Budapest to Serbia, supported by Trieste. So he actually creates a 2v2 brace in Serbia, which then creates that bounce in Serbia, and yet, um, and, and therefore he isn't dislodged once he has bounced in Bulgaria, right? Because if he, if he only, um, <clears throat> if he only came with Serbia to Bulgaria with the fleet supporting, then Serbia would actually be dislodged because you cannot cut support against a unit. Uh, you cannot cut support against um, an attack on your own territory. So Bud to Serbia with Trieste supporting Bud to Serbia creates the brace um, in the joint Turkish-Russian attack. Uh, what I go on to talk about there, so first of all, Austria um, you know, is able to gamble, right? He's able to gamble with that move. It's an offensive move, but also a defensive move at the same time. He's able to do this um, sort of as a hedge. The only thing he ends up giving up in all of this is uh, an Italian move into Ven and Tyrolia, as well as the Russian move into Galicia. So that's going to put him under pressure in the future. But in the near term, he had a chance to, to pick up Bulgaria there if um, the Russian was on side. It turns out, of course, that Andrew Goff was trying for this big chain move, right? Uh, getting Turkish support um, from Rum into Serbia, sliding down Ukraine into Romania, sliding down Moscow into Ukraine, and bringing Warsaw into Galicia. So he would have had, you know, three armies. Uh, he would have picked up Serbia and had three armies uh, adjacent to Budapest, uh, probably picks that up in the fall as well and is able to slide Ukraine into Rum to backfill. Maybe he picks up two centers. Um, and probably if he's, if he's on side with Turkey, uh, can get Turkey into Greece, something like this. It's a pretty clear plan. Um, but that exact move order from Peter Jurgen's Austria did create the brace in Serbia and goes ahead and prevents that from happening. So, uh, this one of the things I really uh, really find interesting about diplomacy is that these nuances uh, can really create seismic shifts, if you will, uh, <laughs> if you'll allow me to use a cliche, uh, in in the board position. Just because of the density of the units, right? You can't just slide through a defense like a, a skinny big man in in the NBA, uh, you know, cutting through or. Um, Euro stepping through, you you actually have to <laughs> really force your way through, given that only one unit fits in each space. And the way the board is set up, it's it's quite uh, crowded to begin with. So if you want to see what that chain move from Andrew Goff would look like, I went ahead and, and drew that up in Backstabber on the article itself. And uh, you can see how how powerful that would have been. And I think it was certainly a... a uh, uh, a chance to take uh, from from his um, just from a tactical and strategic point of view. Obviously, he's getting such a good position if that uh, move succeeds into Serbia, and then he can decide how he wants to work uh, from there with with Turkey or Italy. I think Italy in the game was his um, preferred ally, 
Uh, and it's, it's not uncommon to see Russia and Italy working together anyway. And so I think that is a podcast. Uh, again, more details on spring 1902 decisions in the Balkans on diplostrategy.com. I appreciate all of you. Uh, we're closing in already only an episode later on 600 views. And I'm starting to take some requests as well as uh, invite a few folks onto the podcast. We're just working through what that might look like. But uh, do shoot me a note on, on the WebEx or uh, that's the face-to-face WebEx or on uh, my email. It's eric at, excuse me, eric.vanmechelen at gmail. And let me know if you want to chat. You can see what those look like in terms of the one-on-one conversations. If you scroll back to some of the earlier episodes I did with Zachary Moore, uh, recapping both SkyCon in Big Sky, Montana, as well as Weasel Moot 13 back in April of 2019 in Chicago. And I think those are tending to be more interesting for me. So probably more interesting for, for you as a listener as well. Um, but nevertheless, I'll continue to bring you some of these solos because who doesn't love a solo in diplomacy with that? I'll see you in the next episode. Take care. This episode has been brought to you by diplostrategy.com. I'll bounce you soon.